<laughs> okay, one more time. All right. I'm April Margulies. And I'm Christopher Tompkins. And you're on the line with the Hype Busters. Welcome. Ready for some real talk on strategic communication? You're in the right place. All right, everybody, welcome to Hype Busters. I am Christopher Tompkins. And I'm April Margulies. I'm April Margulies. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. It never gets old. Uh, uh, folks, we have a really cool show today. We are going to be um, speaking to a good friend of ours, Alexandra Marshall, who's the president of SEO.com. So that'll be coming up in just a little bit. And we have tons of things to cover um, with our news, um, our cash and trash. We got lots of stuff coming up. So a good show for everybody. Just April. the tip. Just the tip. I can't forget that. God, <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite. Sounds terrible, right? We just lost our, our G rating on that one. Um, oh, shit. So um, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm leaning in. I'm leaning in. So, so April, have you, how was your week? Uh, you know, pretty good. It's uh it's an interesting time in the world. I'm still experiencing a lot of the supply chain issues affecting consumer clients who are not able to keep up with demand and so they're um you know, they're they're a little bit concerned but so so with life, so hopefully that will clear up soon. And um and I've been very interested in the the vaccine versus uh pill that's coming out. And how that's going to play out in terms of marketing and messaging and things like that, because it feels like it has the potential for that new solution to cannibalize all of the fervor behind the vaccines, mm. in which case it leads me to think from a strategic communication standpoint, if that happens, what happens to all the companies who made these really hard lines about and mandates and things about firing people and Right. What, where does that go? So that I've just been watching that carefully from a, you know, from my perspective, I'm, I'm curious to see how that all plays out. It feels like it has the potential to, to fight each other, even though it could also be complimentary, but it's, it's not clear yet. There's going to need to be some coordination that happens to make sure it's actually crystal clear and doesn't feel like it's super confusing. Yeah, see, I'm personally waiting until they turn it into a five-hour energy shot because that is kind of how I expect it <laughs> going. It's going to be like, now, Gatorade with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, it's kind of, I just, I, I, I've been following it too, but I, I follow it to a lesser level because my entire world now is every single one of the social media platforms that we're utilizing for our clients are dumping new features. Like they're just vomiting new features for us to try out. Um, and then all the clients are getting really excited about it, but they're beta testing it. So they're not rolling it out widely. So some people have it and some people don't. So you're trying to wrap some of these, some of these new tools um, into your client. Like even something as simple as LinkedIn newsletters, some people have them and some people don't. And then a client will like, why don't I have them? And I was like, well, LinkedIn doesn't want to give it to you yet. I don't, I don't know. There's no, there's no logic behind. Oh, that's Ooh. weird. So you, you have to be, you know, it's like the, 
a throw of the dice or like yeah. a, roulette, a roulette game and then you get access to it? Or do you have, is it like a Instagram blue badge where suddenly you deserve a newsletter? No, um, they, I wish there was a vetting process because then I'd be able to see how we could get towards that for our clients, but there isn't. So I have one and here's the thing, I'm using it for my Bulletproof marketing brand. Yeah, um, I love that. And so what we're doing is we're doing a newsletter. We have an, our regular newsletter that we do on the, reg, on the reg twice a week, but which is going to become daily. And then we um, are putting it on our LinkedIn newsletter. That, that LinkedIn newsletter gets a thousand percent more views than anything else that I put out. It's amazing. Wow. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, because also LinkedIn Live is doing the same thing. I mean, LinkedIn's just is on my mind because I've been talking about it ad nauseum lately. Um, Do I have a LinkedIn newsletter? You don't. You don't have. The, <laughs> you don't have the opportunity. They actually, they actually were trying to get me, to, getting you to leave um, LinkedIn just because you were. <laughs> it was like it was hurting. Because it's it just the tip. It was. It was hurting. <laughs> they said it's hurting the platform. Uh, but this is coming from Microsoft, who <laughs> are just like crazy. <laughs> Microsoft, oh, do you, how are we going to do this meeting? Oh, let's do it on Microsoft Teams. Why don't you just fax me something? Um, and we, we, can, we can talk about it oh, on a call. Oh, man. Yeah. But it's like a lot of, it's a lot of new stuff. And I, I, I get excited by it, but it's also fourth quarter. So everyone's under a crunch. Everyone's kind of like, I've, I've had calls this week where clients are like, can you give me this absolutely massive um, proposal within 24 hours? And we're going to be, we want to move on this by the end of the week. And it's like, oh my gosh, guys, this is like the busiest time of year. Uh, so it's, it's been very interesting. So we, are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to have to add staff all at once in Q4 and to um, keep I, demand? Well, well, it's kind of like I, the product companies are pretty much, they, they tend to be preset a lot of the campaign because we have to get everything approved in terms of budget and content and all that good stuff. So mm. we can pretty much just, then we just have to follow the recipe every single day that we've already written. Um, with these clients, they're B2B, meaning that the play would be more January. So we can do this doing the R&D. So we're going to- I doing, see, I see. Okay. See what I mean? So, yeah. um, which is great and which I'm a total freaking nerd about. So I love looking at like, oh, the sentiment analysis. Women find this subject very appealing. Ooh, I just, I, get, I, just, I love seeing that. <laughs> and also like love doing competitive analysis and all that kind of thing. And that's kind of, this is, so that's, that's it's not going to be terrible, um, but it was funny. We had, um, I was, I've been having calls where it's kind of like, yeah, they want a LinkedIn campaign. And I get on, they're like, can you be our our entire digital marketing department? And it's like, are you thinking we're doing that on more than LinkedIn? I hope. I mean, it's like yeah, we're gonna have to do an integrated campaign, um, like we were talking about with Hamish last time we had we had an episode. Right. But yeah, um, it's very interesting. I think the the wants and the requests, and and also I don't know if you've this is something that came up a couple times on on calls. Um, on prospect calls that uh, they, they were saying, you know, well, we obviously know what you're going to be doing from the marketing side, but can you just, can you just put, make it really clear that you're going to be doing the work because we were working with marketing agencies that kind of made us do a lot of the work. And I, 
thought that was very odd. I said, and I said to them, I said, that's, I've, I've never, I didn't think that that was going to be your hardball question. I thought it was going to be something about ROI, but hey, let's not talk about ROI. Let's lean into this. Well, but then the question is, was it actually that the marketing agency was making them do all of this stuff? Or was it actually that they thought they could just outsource the entire thing and not have to ever touch it or have any input from there on out? I think a little bit of both. Okay. And also I think the um, the marketing agency was like, we're going to handle your social media. And it's like, actually, we're not going to be handling this, 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 and this. Um, so they, they really need to know that everything's going to be completely covered. I see. I see. So one of those like, Mm-hmm. We'll post everything, but you provide all the content. Like, wait, mm-hmm. what? I thought you were doing that part. I see. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's Got kind it. of like when someone on a call says, well, I can post to social media. I need more than that. And I'm like, well, you haven't posted anything for like eight months. So you can't post either. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> 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 You're not really nailing that. <laughs> not fooling anyone. That's yeah, not exactly. happening. Transparently. <laughs> when the... When the <laughs> When the, when the tweet that you've pinned to the top of your feed, it's from 2018, it's very telling that you're not on the pulse of social media. <laughs> so, so what we're going to do is the first campaign we're going to do, we're going to go in and turn the lights on in your house. And then we're going to start decorating it and dusting it and getting rid of the rats in the attic. But yeah, that's funny. So funny. <sighs> But yeah, staffing, also staffing, I've seen a lot of people can um, continually have um, staffing issues. I've talked to quite a few other agencies that it's it's been a trend where they're finding um, a lot of giggers, but they're not finding anybody that wants to commit to a larger term contract or longer term contract. Yeah, no, I've actually, and the interesting thing is we've been approached by other agencies that need us for overflow. And I've been okay with that. I'm sure. Okay, sure. Yeah, we have people. No problem. You know, yeah. I can I can manage that for you. So we've actually been experiencing that as well. And that other other PR agencies are are really shorthanded. Mm-hmm. And um it's a it's a it's an interesting moment for sure. Um yeah. by the way, I just see Alexandra joined our waiting room. Oh, awesome. Okay. Should well- I let her in? Yeah, let her in. Let's let's and let's uh let's have it let's have a chat. Um, um folks, Alexandra Marshall is the president of SEO.com. Uh we've been friends for a little while through kind of just mutual networking. She's based out of Vancouver in Canada. Um, and she uh she's leading a team with over a hundred years of combined experience in digital marketing at SEO.com. Um, they've had some really, really top-tier clients. And anytime I have an SEO question, I bother. Alexandra. And she smiles very politely and gives me an answer while she's thinking, what an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Way to put words in her, way way to introduce her and put words in her mouth. (laughs) I personally would never call Chris an idiot. Um, You're definitely a genius at at the very least with social media. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, thank you so much, Alexandra. uh, So good to have you on the show. Welcome. Yeah, thank you, uh, Chris and April, for having me on your show. I'm super excited. Uh, I love the topic of hype busters. I think that's a great idea for a show. (laughs) Um, It's one of the reasons that I got involved in digital marketing. Um, It really drew me in that I feel like our industry is pretty foggy and there's like a lot of misconceptions about marketing. So 
And, and that's so, and, and, and I, I completely agree with you. That's why we bust, we bust in some hype. Um, <laughs> the, what, okay, so we were talking just, just before we brought you on, we were talking about just a couple different things in terms of supply chain. Um, have you seen any of your, uh, any of your clients that you're working with have supply chain issues? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a number of them have. Yeah. Hopefully that turns around. That's a real, it's a, it's a, it's a real bummer. Um, so going into other, like kind of like fourth quarter things, um, thinking about, um, from, from an SEO aspect, what do I would say what's one of the big, what's a misconception um, uh, like, okay, oh, I have to make some sales really quickly. Oh, I need SEO. Okay, I'm gonna call SEO.com because I mean, come on, SEO.com. How could you get better domain authority? So, um, but then what do you have to tell them, Alexandra? <laughs> That's kind of um, never a fun conversation to have. You know, SEO, <laughs> actually I, I'd written, written down uh, three kind of myths to, to chat about today. And cool. the third myth was actually that it's not a one-time or a quick fix solution. So really um, you have to work hard at SEO and you have to continue doing it for a long time. And if you want quick results, I mean, you just have to look to something like PPC. So we always suggest if you want results with SEO in the short term, do PPC and SEO at the same time so you can build up the long-term value of SEO where you're going to get a better ROI while um, having a PPC campaign running at the same time. So then you can get instant sales and that will help pay for the, the future, um, the like longevity that SEO will bring. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's so funny because we do that a lot with our new, um, a new social campaign that we're trying to get moving quickly, we have to put a little bit of advertising dollars behind it um, just to kind of make people see, actually see the content and extend your footprint. So that's a smart way of handling it. Um, so you had, you had the three myths. So I've, I've ripped out the third one and <laughs> threw it under the bus for you immediately. <laughs> so why don't, why don't you tell us what the, um, what the first one on your list was? Well, the first one, so I think there's the first two kind of go hand in hand. Okay. And I think something that I should clarify before tackling both of them. So um, mm. both of them are on backlinks and backlinks are like a mm. very mm. big topic in SEO. I wouldn't say a hot topic because they've always been a hot topic, I guess. Um, it's just something everyone talks about. So um, to explain what backlinks do is beyond like what they are is, I mean, they're a link to your site, right? But uh, they essentially contribute to a trust score or rating for your site called domain authority. And uh, that's one of the many things that search engines consider when ranking your site. So my first myth to bust is that it is only one of the many factors Google and other search engines use to rank your site. So it's not the one and only thing you can do to help improve your SEO. And you don't just need backlinks. We have so many clients who come to us and they're like, I don't know. I know I need SEO. I know I need backlinks. And I'm like, well, if that's all you want, we probably won't get you anywhere. <laughs> um, or it won't do much for your site when you have a slew of other SEO problems to be solved. Yeah, and that's and that's the, the backlink thing is really funny because um, I, we, I'll get emails on the reg from companies saying, I'm gonna, I could build you like thousand backlinks. And it's like, 
to for, from where like where what where are you coming from like it's like and it's these and what i'll do is i'm i'm awful i'll be like that sounds really interesting um can you send me a list of the sites and it's just like the authority on baking.org it's like perfect, perfect. i love back sign me up <laughs> yeah. so funny um do you also find that people are basically looking for PR when they're looking for backlinks. Cause I have the opposite thing happen. So I get people saying, okay, great. So how many backlinks are you going to build us? What we're doing PR, but they somehow think it's the same. It doesn't happen a lot, but every once in a while, somebody just the whole thing gets jumbled in their head. Does that happen to you as well? Well, yeah, we kind of get the opposite in that case where people think that backlinks will be PR. And we're like, well, most PR companies will say that's a nofollow link. So we could try to ask your PR company for a do follow, but it probably won't happen. <laughs> so um, we kind of get the opposite of that. But I think there is a lot of overlink, uh, overlap with um, social or like kind of a parallel with social, because if we look at like backlinks as the equivalent of posts in social, so many people are like, oh, I just need posts. And I'm sure, Chris, you could talk for a long time about how people don't just need posts. 45 minutes, I could take. <laughs> exactly 45 minutes. All right, counting, no. let's go. <laughs> no, we don't want to 40, hear 44 minutes left. Give me my soapbox. Um, no, I, I, yeah. But no, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the truth. It's, it's, it's very, very similar. Um, so myth number two, which is myth number three now, because I recorded them. <laughs> Well, myth number two leads off of um, myth number one, and it also draws a pretty good parallel to social as well, in that, um, well, you don't, the, the quantity of backlinks doesn't really matter. It's the quality. So um, if you have, you know, one million or two million backlinks, that's nice, but what's your domain authority? Um, so we run custom audits for all of our potential clients, and we'll frequently compare um, like their competitors uh, and their competitors' domain authority to their domain authority and um, their backlinks as well. And it almost every single one shows an example of a competitor with like, I don't know, just an, a stupid amount of backlinks and a lower domain authority than another competitor. So um, I would just say as a rule of thumb, quality is always better than quantity. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, when it comes to when it comes to SEO, you know, I think one of the one of the myths is that being on the first page of Google is 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 pretty much like the number one thing that a lot of people ask for. Um, is that the be all and end all of SEO? Yes and no. It depends on number one for what I mean, the end goal is to be number one, but if it's for, say if you, I like to give the example of dog food, say mm -hmm. if you just want to rank for the term dogs and you mm -hmm. sell dog food, oh. you are going to have people landing on your site and buying things, so there's no point in you going for that. So, um, I mean, the goal is to rank number one, but it's maybe to rank number one for uh, smaller terms, and then even if you're targeting middle and upper terms, Ranking in the top three is a mm -hmm. good uh, thing to pursue. Yeah. So like if it was a, 
a turtle taxidermist in Tulsa. Like that would be that turtle. Would, turtle, yeah. Can you? I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you could stuff a turtle. <laughs> I've seen it on menus, but like, um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I haven't. I think Red Lobster uh, discontinued that dish, but the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, because I feel like for hyper-local businesses, um, being on the first page is really super important. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, what's really interesting is if you break down uh, in our custom proposals, we always break down the difference between number one, two, and three positions in terms of traffic that you get on a monthly basis, because most people will look at like monthly search volume for a keyword as a whole and say they're like, wow, 15,000 people are looking for turtle taxidermists in Tulsa right now, uh, this month. <laughs> I can't and, believe you got her to use that example. <laughs> um, that's probably not the case. Like if you rank number one for that, you're probably not going to get 15,000 people clicking yep. on your turtle taxidermy website. You're going to um, get a fraction of that because the search results are split between like the paid ad section as well as the um you know the top 10 and even some in the back pages although not very much excellent so um obviously i've i use your services um at seo.com and i know all the ins and outs and how great you guys are um because i've seen the the audits and the reports and everything and it's just it's really interesting especially to me because i hate seo and it's it's so nice to see it presented in a way that makes sense to me in a way <laughs> because usually uh the seo reports are about 75 pages of listings um and the reports that seo.com do are very high level so you're able to kind of like see everything in a snapshot and it makes sense to me because really honestly seo is just not my strong point um but how can people learn more about seo.com and talk to you kind of um get an assessment Absolutely. So um, if they visit SEO.com, um, they can call our main phone line and uh, our wonderful team member, John, will pick up the phone right away and uh, get a call scheduled. Um, and if you have any questions, if anyone has any questions about SEO, we're happy just to help educate uh, and go through that audit process too on their site so that people get good information on SEO. I'm sure that you even find Chris like with social um, and I go to you for all of our social needs too, because uh, you're truly an expert in it as well. Um, people just don't know what to do. So it's always great to give advice and um, we're happy to be a resource for advice on SEO. Excellent. Well, Alexandra, thanks so much for joining us uh, today on Hype Busters. Um, you've been an absolute pleasure. You busted myths. <laughs> I like you came ready, myth ready. You keep rolling <laughs> deep in the myths. I like that. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And everybody check out seo.com. Um, and yeah, we'll talk again real soon. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Chris. And thank you, April. It's a pleasure chatting. Thank you. Have a great one. You too. Take care. All right, folks. So now, now that your head is full of more SEO knowledge than you've ever had, it better be. I mean, those were good myths. How many times do I have to... Tell, talk about backlinks, zero. But you know what, if I did, <laughs> if I did, 
No, everything she's saying is is true because I I looked at um, our website performance and someone in the past we had done a really brief SEO campaign, and they were like, "I oh, would give it backlinks. We're backlinking it back. We're a big style." And it's like, okay, cool. Um, go ahead, do you? I mean, again, don't like SEO. And um, and when they were going to the site, they're like, "Hey, did you know?" <laughs> Like you're really big in Dubai, you're really big in India, you're really big in Abu Dhabi. I mean, it's just yeah. So we had to do, but they're cleaning up all of that stuff. My site's a little nice. bit faster. Things are going great. Yeah, it's it's um, their service is terrific. And can you go wrong with a company called SEO.com? Honestly, how did she? That must have cost her a fortune. I'm not exactly sure how they acquired it, but they've had it since for oh my god, like how many years? Ton ton of years. Are you drinking know. orange Gatorade? I'm drinking orange Gatorade because it was the only <laughs> thing that I grabbed in my mad dash of things. It's Gatorade Zero, which is called G Zero, just because Gatorade Zero didn't sound cool. So if I have to have a zero calorie Gatorade, it needs to be G Gatorade Zero. <laughs> I see. So now that you know um, how orange Gatorade is branded, Let's get into the news. <laughs> Let's get into the news. Oh man, there's so much going on. There is so much going on. I think we, I think the stuff that we we uh, just looking over the stuff we're going to talk about is 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 kind of the coolest stuff. Um, do you want to jump in with uh, kind of the the one of the first ones that you found? Yeah, there's so much. I mean, the one of the things that's just not going away is that Edelman is in such hot water for mm. representing Exxon Mobil. And this story, I mean, it popped up maybe a week ago. And then when I looked again today, there was three more of them or some, I mean, it's, so there is an activist group now called Clean Creatives that issued an open letter to Edelman mm -hmm. <clears throat> saying, cut the quote, fancy ads that give cover to climate destruction. So they are really being raked over the coals for representing Exxon mobile yep. and 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 what they're doing to kind of cover up the the effects on the uh on the on the globe i, I guess we sh we should say and um so it's you know now this letter was signed by more than 100 celebrities activists experts etc calling on the world's biggest pr firm edelman to cut ties with the major fossil fuel client exxon mobile so this is interesting in that it's kind of meta right it's a it's a pr agency with a pr issue related to the PR that it's doing for ExxonMobil. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's interesting. It's an interesting question, right? I mean, PR agencies have always been responsible for representing clients that need representation in whatever form they need it and not mm -hmm. necessarily only taking clients that were politically safe or that, you know, are in some way, shape or form acceptable to the zeitgeist or something like that. So. Mm -hmm. It's, it's um, in my mind, it's interesting because did Edelman do the wrong thing by representing them? Who has it in for Edelman or ExxonMobil mm -hmm. that is making such a bit? I mean, this has almost become a PR campaign against the PR agency. So it makes you wonder who is pulling those strings behind the curtain. Um, and is it really, should they really have to fire a client that people just don't agree with, you know? Or is it okay to represent a brand um, that needs representation 
because know, you're uh, a company that offers that service, right? I mean, I don't, it's an interesting conundrum. Or is it a really good way to launch a, uh, an advertising brand called Clean Creatives? I mean, it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just putting a, a thought out there. Right. Because, uh, you know, because um, I'm looking at, um, what I did was when I looked at the story, this is where my mind goes. I just, I read the headline, I read a little bit of it, and I'm just like, okay, they have to embed some sort of social media link or something in this for me to look at. So I looked at it. Um, they have around, on Instagram, which is what they shared in the ad week piece, they have around 2,300 followers. Um, their engagement's very low on their posts. So is it a movement that's moving or is it a movement that's launching? And does the culmination of this launch, is it meant in the best way possible? Or are those celebrity signees influencers for this new brand that's going to be coming up that's going to focus on positivity? Now, I don't mind the messaging on here. And are they paid? Uh, I don't know because the ones that they're showing in the article are not, I don't, I mean, they all tend to be people that do, that are supportive, uh, they're in support of very positive movements. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, if it was like Katie Holmes or something, they'd be like, what the hell is she doing? Where the hell has she been? You know, she's, like, she's probably inexpensive enough to use, but, um, but like, um, Al Gore, is he in there? No, no, no. He's he's fully he's fully booked. Um, him and <laughs> him and tips are like the the, the, the date bugs closed. Um, <laughs> but like um, Anna Glazer, Amy Poehler, Sophia Bush. I just find you know these. I, I it, it could be interesting, but um, what are, like what what is the implications? I I just find it so. I was having a conversation with somebody because you know how sometimes like you'll say something and then someone will come up with an opinion. You're like, oh my gosh, I never thought you would say something like that. That's like the new normal, I think for me, when I'm, I'm having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden they come up with a, a, a point of view that's just, oh my gosh, yikes. That's really, <laughs> it's a really aggressive point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like someone said, I was talking to them about I think it was Facebook ads or Facebook ad censorship or something. I don't know. And they came out and like, you can't say anything. I can't say anything anymore. I don't even know what I'm supposed to, uh, how I'm supposed to say something. I think it was, um, in, it was something with indigenous people. And that was like, set them off. And it was like, I can't say anything. I can't have an opinion. I can't call anybody anything. I can't. And it wasn't, he wasn't saying it from like a racist standpoint or he wasn't like mm -hmm. woke. Um, it was like he was frustrated because he didn't know what to say and how to say things. And he was having trouble communicating. And I thought that, that was really interesting. And this piece made me remember that conversation because it's like, mm -hmm. what's, what am I supposed to, what if, what if like, I mean, as a rule, we would never do anything related to tobacco or vaping within our, within our agency. No, um, that's straight off the bat. We've, that was one of the things we did from the beginning. So now as Exxon, um, the same as Philip Morris. I mean, I don't, it's weird. It, it is really interesting. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a little concerning in that does it fall into the same category of getting canceled over decisions you make even as a company, right? You, you yeah. represent a company that does, you're not endorsing what they do, but you're, 
paid to promote what they want to promote. That's your job, right? Mm -hmm. And if you promote something that other people disagree with, does that get you, you know, on the S list or like canceled or, I mean, it, it's a little, I feel like it's going that way. It's a little alarming to me in that because everyone needs a chance. I mean, it, it's sort of the, the macro version of what we've been talking about where I believe in free speech, right? I believe you should, the court of public opinion should be able to make a decision and, mm -hmm. um, everyone should have a chance to say what they need to say and yes, hate speech or things that are directly threatening or things like that, that are, that are actually damaging should be carefully monitored and handled with, you know, that kind of restraint. However, people should be able to have different political opinions and different religious beliefs and different thoughts on what mm -hmm. they want to do with their body. And, you know, whether that's, something everyone agrees with or not, they still have a right to their opinion and a right to their, you know, exploration of that. So the concern is that this is the corporate version of, yeah. you know, you got to be careful who you represent. Cause if you get on the wrong side of history, we're going to cancel you and Edelman's going down in flames. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty excessive. I mean, this brings up another um, really, really smooth segue that I'm going to introduce into the show today, um, which is, William Shatner in space. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. So. <laughs> Tell me about William Shatner in space. <laughs> so you, uh, we were talking about this, uh, the how billionaires are using celebrities as PR for their space projects. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is, what's really funny is when you, when you shared this article, we were kind of, batting it around pre-show. Um, this is, I saw this like a mile away. Like I felt like it was kind of like, remember they were like celebrities in space and you're like, oh, no, that will never happen. They're just, just like, they're trying to make NASA cool or they're trying to make like the Virgin. Cause remember it was like Richard Branson was trying to do space. Right, right. He trying to do a little bit of space. You know, he wants to just put virgin on everything. Um, but he'd get up, he'd be, he'd get on, he'd get on Mars and just like, like throw down like some bumper stickers for virgin. But, um, but no, it's kind of like it's rife for this because this is where they're going to try to make it make space tourism the thing, right? Um, so yuck. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that um because i feel like that's just a that's that's i think it's a great use of money that no one else on the planet needs for something that's more essential exactly i mean you can't even figure it it's like it's kind of like um the movie elysium have you ever seen that no okay elysium is elysium is a planet that is um it's a completely man-made pl planet that people live on and all the rich people live there and everybody else stays on earth and all the people oh. on Earth are like, like Mad Max almost kind of situation. I'm sure the producers of Elysium will be calling me to do my review live on their feed on IMDb after uh, hearing this. But um, it's Jodie Foster, Matt Damon, and other people. And uh, it's, but it's it's this is what this reminds me of a little bit. It's kind of like oh well maybe we can make a space colony and then just completely ignore Earth and then Exxon can take over. <laughs> I'm kidding, but. What are your thoughts about uh, this uh, this using celebs to make space cool? 
I mean, people use celebs to make everything cool. Mm-hmm. I think space travel is probably something that interests a handful of people anyway, and they probably don't need celebrities to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think my sarcasm holds true, which is that it does seem like you know, there are a lot of starving people and a lot of people without fresh water and you know a lot of people without access to healthcare and I mean all of these things take money that could be allocated to them instead of to celebrities traveling to space. Oh, so you're saying space travel is eating up econ- in an economy that needs is, that it's underserved. <laughs> it's a truth, though. I mean, you're not off. <clears throat> I think we spend money really stupidly. Another really fantastic segue, much like Pinterest is learning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible segue, too, because the story doesn't even go with it. But, <clears throat> oh, you all you hype busters out there, you're going to just love this story. Yep. Tell me, tell me about this. What is this? Okay, this is this this one's like a, a really long-winded play um, about um, Pinterest revenue per user is up by thirty-seven percent over last year, and really, that, yeah, and that's also with them losing people to the plat the platform the leaving the leaving the platform. How is this happening? <clears throat> well, because they are um, what they've done is they have really stepped up their um, shopping. So mm. there's um, advertise- so advertisers have never been really willing to go into Pinterest because the algorithm was usually a three month cycle. So much like SEO, you can't just like jump into Pinterest advertising and it's like gangbusters. What it has to do is it has to, the algorithm is a very, very slow learner. So what they've done is they've fixed a lot of those little issues and now advertisers are more interested in it. Well, mm. while they weren't fixing those issues, a lot of people left. So what's happening is they're getting more quality and more quantity at the same time in terms of how much they're 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 making. So it's become a really good business model. It's something that I found that Pinterest is doing a lot. Um, Pinterest is coming up a lot in conversations. So interesting. I think that they stepped up their PR as well because. It's limited. I've received, and um, we do daily trend spotting. And um, our my strategy assistant will go in and pull stories for us. Um, Pinterest is in um, the stories four out of five of the days the last few weeks. Wow! So, um, still, personally, snooze fest. I cannot get into. I I don't find Pinterest interesting at all. But if it works with your brand and it helps you tell your story it could be really great that's interesting um, so i would say that like if if anybody's out there and and you have a consumer good especially that's where it's really fantastic mm. or you have expertise like you want to do some thought leader pieces pinterest is fantastic for that um and now with the added benefit of advertising actually working and you can do the shoppable pins and you can do the catalogs and all that kind of stuff it's uh it's a good play it's it's one i wouldn't sleep on because it, it, but the only thing downside here is it takes effort. It's not, Pinterest mm. is not like, oh, I'm gonna get a stock image. I'm gonna write a caption, done. You have to have a whole different strategy and your images need to be longer and different. And they, mm. it's, it's a whole different layer of strategy. Interesting. Do you so use Pinterest any, Um, 
Gatorade. No, only when they're a sponsor today. G zero. Um, I've only used Pinterest when I have been looking for images of something or trying to find kind of reverse engineer something I'm shopping for. And then I find it, but not, not actively. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, I think you're in or you're out. I think it's a very exclusive community. And I think that there's a lot of accounts on there that are inactive. And, uh, but if you can get the people that are active and you can hit the right people, you're, you're going to be in good shape. And I would definitely say it's something to, it's something to look into. Um, but if you're also doing, if we're looking at, um, you're selling something, a lot of people, um, this is the next story that we have, which is um, Facebook Marketplace. Have you ever, ever sold anything on Facebook Marketplace? No. Yeah, me neither. Um, because I, it's just not, it's just not my thing. I feel like I'm not sure why I would do that instead of Craigslist. Um, well, I think one of the reasons where people were doing Facebook Marketplace is because you could have accounts associated with it. So it wasn't kind of like Carolyn's coming. <laughs> like it's just kind of like, you know what I mean? Like Carolyn's coming to pick up your record player. Then I'll meet you in the parking lot. It's just, it, it just, it, it adds, I think, a little bit more of a safety feel for people. I see, I see. Yeah, you know, like, okay. and like Nextdoor does that as well, but also eBay does it. Um, they're transparent. They have like a, a safe meet kind of scenario as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, it could be so much more than just buying a product. Yeah. Oh my God. You never know when you're going to make the next love connection when you're buying a canoe from Bob. <laughs> you go to pick it up. <laughs> oh, Bob. So I don't funny. even care that there's not oars with this, Bob. You're great. <laughs> All right. So, so, but um, the Facebook marketplace is starting to charge customers a 2% fee on items sold. So ah. it used to be free. Now they're doing, now they're charging um, the, uh, the fee. The fee is around um, shipping um, because they're also allowing people now to ship. So if you want to choose a shipping option, there is a premium on that. I mean, it's 2%. So you, it's 2% of both the sale and the shipping or it's 2% of just the shipping? It's 2% of the um, the shipping you do yourself. So you're going to go, you're going to trot your little happy house down to the, the post office and send it off with the UPS. Store. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But because you're choosing that option, there's a, there's additional. Because but. what do they know? They know as soon as they open it up like that, they can probably do an eBay competitive, competitive nature. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now it doesn't really work that way. It's kind of like you have to meet or make arrangements and there's whatever. I don't think that this is going to be great news um, because as soon as you start doing that, there's going to be a listing fee. Then if it, there's going to be a listing fee, do you want to add pictures? You can add one picture. Want more pictures? 10 cents a picture. You know what I mean? It's going to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <clears throat> going to be a upsell, 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 upsell. Yeah, because I mean, I I think I did a I think I did a um, a poll of staff like about six months ago, and saying, did, has anybody ever purchased stuff off of Facebook Marketplace?" Mm. And uh, and a few of them have. So it's kind of I mean, it's just like it's a Craigslist situation. But Facebook, money. as always, money, 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 money. money. <laughs> um, speaking of money, what do we have for cash or trash this week? That was a great oh. transition, by the way. Oh my God, I love that. And Cash and Trash is also a wonderful segment. <laughs> so if you haven't 
listened to every episode of Hypebusters. You know what? I don't know if I'm going to like you. So you have to go back, listen to the episodes, and you'll see where this was, where this was born, where we sired this child, which is <laughs> catch your trash. Um, first thing I have is <laughs> the just this. Just, I mean, we both we both have this. Right? Yeah. Wait, I think you have the metaverse. We both have that. Oh, oh, it's both about metaverse, but there's two different articles we found. Okay, so you go for your your, your meta, and then I'll get meta second. <laughs> okay, so Gizmodo has an article. Mark right. Zuckerberg wants to, robots to wear his skin. Mm -hmm. Meta's new tactile sensing skin could allow robots to, quote, feel in a new way, which will somehow make the metaverse more lifelike um so basically so basically did you did you see this already oh yeah i yeah I've, i'm familiar with this garbage. okay so this garbage mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it reminds me of upload have you seen this show on amazon prime no i was too busy busy re-watching elysium with matt damon <laughs> okay fair nice throwback it's a good yeah, second. thanks Thanks. No, Second, no, I haven't seen back. We need a third callback later on that. Um, so basically, uh, I mean, I think this is, I, I want to hear before we get into it, I want to hear your meta news to see how they interplay. To see what we're catching Ooh. or trashing. Remember the last time you went to a mall? That's how cool this is. Um, Facebook is going to open meta stores and sell things okay full disclosure i do own an oculus i there's two actually two we me and my husband both own an oculus and absolutely love them so what they're going to do is they're going to sell oculus stuff they're going to sell like probably all, a whole bunch of that kind of things and the and the and the excess the accoutrement that you need to play oculus um like time in your day and a room that you can't bump into but um they're going to start coming up with more product extensions. And I think that they're, this is when you're talking about robots that can feel and things like that. I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the Oculus universe and kind of beyond it a little bit um, and to expand it. But what I think with, with my, like with the Facebook stores, I don't, I don't know why a store is necessary. I don't know why stores are necessary, at, like in this realm. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I feel that, like app, like it, unless it would be like an Apple store where you can go and complain and get Apple service and you know you can fix your computers, and then look at a whole bunch of pretty things in a room because that's what Facebook wants. They want the mm. Apple model big time um, because they're not cool. Facebook is not cool at all. Look who's look who the leader is. Dorky McDorkenstein. Uh, so, you know what I mean? Let's get his skin on. Want to feel like a loser? I'm kidding. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, honestly, I just don't feel like, like it's a super cool brand. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they can prove me wrong by, like, backlighting a logo. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't. I don't think this is. I mean, bring back wicks and sticks. A whole store just candles. There's a, I, there's a store in Cottonwood near me that uh -huh. only sells rocks. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it's called the quarry. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it's amazing because you're like, wait, it's just rocks. It's only rocks. The whole this whole giant store is rocks. <laughs> and, and then there's little impulse pebbles on the way. Out. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Um, so it sounds like neither one of us is that into the idea of the whole virtual reality taking over the real reality. No, you know what this is? Oh, another fantastic movie reference for me, Roger Ebert. Um, the, uh, this is Ready Player One stuff. Have you ever seen Ready Player One? No. Ready Player One. These all these futuristic movies, by the way, have the exact same theme because it's uh-huh. happened. <laughs> okay, so there's a, basically Earth is um, is lots of tenements that are built up, so everyone's living on trailers on top of trailers on top of trailers, like big mm-hmm. huge stacks. Yeah, and the areas are called the stacks, and everybody does virtual reality all day long, and they have their full experience. So they just basically stand in their room all day long and do virtual reality. And they have gloves and they have vests that you can feel everything. So you can do adventures, you can go dancing, you can see other people and everybody has an avatar. So, and it's all run by one corporation. Kind of like this. Yeah. So they just paved the way for it in art. If you if you like if you if you don't mind a little bit of sci-fi, it's pretty good. The whole thing is like um, I don't mind sci-fi. It's 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 like fifty percent um, VR or AR rather or whatever something, and it's uh, it, it's fake. same thing AR VR. Yeah, but the, there's like it's it's really interesting because there's a, the story is really um, cool and it's tied to a lot of classic movies and video games. Um, I see. But very cool. But yeah, this is kind of what I thought when I read both of these it's like oh there's now going to be a store readily available for there's a certain type of person that goes to malls and i think that those are the people that they're trying to get first and those people are teens i see they still go i mean i'll go i'll go to the mall to return something begrudgingly and i'll go in there and it's like i feel like i'm 100 years old i know i know the feeling um, so what cash or trash? What say you? I'd say I don't like it. Um, so I'm gonna say trash just because this I I, I don't wanna live in the dyst- the future dystopia the dystopian future very fast. I'd like to kind of keep it off, so that's why I say that. But I mean the skin thing's pretty cool. Um, but eh. trash. yeah, <clears throat> trash for the same reason. So you pulled something on um, on Walmart, which is going to use AR again, a big topic. Um, for I, all, everything I found was AR, or AI, or something related. AI. So it's mostly air. Air. Yeah, it's air. AIR, air. Okay, air. <laughs> ARE, which is another one. It's a big joining word. Real hot. Real hot with copyrights. <laughs> I'm such a shit. Sorry. Okay. So um, shoppable content to connect brands with consumers. Oh, God. And then, and and the best part where, where you lose me is Walmart <laughs> introduced AR. 
it is going to be the like big lots version of AR. You know what I mean? It's yeah. going to be terrible. <laughs> the samples in this article are gross. Tell, what tell, us, the, what are, what, tell us the examples. I will. That are, gro- that are so gross. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what my eyes are seeing right now. <laughs> Picture it. A computer screen. Half of it is Zoom. The other <laughs> a Google Chrome window. Um, it's basically a, a picture of a phone. Welcome to the joy shop. See it, love it, shop it. And then it's your own picture and it has a, a happy face or a smiley face. And, uh, and it looks like a, a, a round brush to maybe straighten your hair. And then it's shop stylish gifts at Walmart. It is the most rinky dink crappy thing I've ever seen in my life. It looks like Snapchat, if Snapchat didn't know what it was doing. <laughs> you know Wait, what so what exactly is happening here? You're actually shopping for things with your face expression. So you select something you want by smiling. Yes. So weird. Guess what? I don't want to smile sometimes and I have to shop sometimes. So I don't want to be like, oh, here's a doorknob. Put it in my basket, Amazon. Like toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could be fun for kids, maybe, but they just be smiling every damn thing. Kids get so greedy around this time of year. So I don't know. I think we can just fast forward to the end and and trash this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. Trash. Trash. Oh, okay. Then this is this is one that. All the astute advertising, digital advertising people out there will live. Zoom's going to start adding ads for free users. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Terrible. Oh, my God. They could make, do you know how painful they could make that? I mean, it's painful just thinking about it. And then the, the best part about this article is this article is really sweet about it. It's like, there's going to be a browser link at the end of the meeting that you're going to see. Or, or when you join the meeting, there's going to be a little ad there. Excuse me, on the page you get from your browser that connects you to Zoom. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's going to be like, I mean, come on. I, I What I was picturing in my mind was, you know how like people will pop up on the bottom of your, um, the lower third of your screen and they'll do something and it's like, Check this out, Mondays on NBC. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? God, promote the shows yes. in the bottom one. I was wondering if those would be. We can advertise hype busters. <laughs> oh my God, I am so in. I'm I'm in. I'm into the CTV OTT space. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I think it would be the most annoying thing ever. And I don't know if that's that would be really. I mean, gosh, if I'm looking to convert into a paid user, that's the first I would want to pay if I was using Zoom all the time and had to watch like the Bradshaw bunch ads on the lower third of my TV of my Zoom screen. You, I, I, you do not I know. Can't. You, are you uh, are you an avid Bradshaw bunch watcher? The blank expression on your face. No, no, I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a it's a bottom of the barrel uh, e reality show. I have never seen. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, no, that's not that's not my cup of tea. Oh, you don't like you don't like the the astute programming at e. Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't tried it to know. 
yeah, you, you could you could trash that. Oh my god. Oh. Um. So, so should we should we put a button on it, or do we want to do one more? No, I think that's good. I think that okay. um, what one of the, for the just the tip segment today. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to reveal something that nobody knows. Oh God. Nobody could nobody oh, could no. even fathom. Oh no. 92% of US consumers say they're more likely to buy products via Amazon than any other e-commerce site. Wait, wait, what? 92% of US consumers say they're more likely to buy products via Amazon than any other e-commerce site. Yeah. Why is that a tip? Because this is stupid. Everyone knows this. I mean, I, this is not news to me at all. And the, the best part of, but here's the thing. I'm saying just a tip on this because 92% is a big number if you were thinking that you want to go up against Amazon. So you know what? There's ways that you could do both. You can diversify. You can have a website and sell through your website, get your Shopify set up, connect it to social, connect it to your email programs, do some texting, email, do something to kind of get people to drive to your store. But don't think that you're just going to stick your cane in the sand and say, I'm going against Amazon. I'm never selling on them. Because 92 is a really, really scary number. It's a scary number. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was high, but not hearing the number out loud is actually a lot more terrifying than just knowing it. Like, I got to stop shopping on Amazon. I know. I And I was mentioning doorknobs because I bought a whole bunch of knobs today um, for, my, <laughs> for my kitchen. Um, and uh, I was thinking the same thing because I was like trying, I always try during the holiday season, I try to shop local when I can. I try to look for different e-commerce um, outlets. The problem is that they're not skilled at e-commerce. I, I, I go in to put my stuff in. Oh, this doesn't work. You have to use PayPal. The PayPal link doesn't work. That does not make me feel safe. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I feel that like if you want to be in the e-commerce game, understand immediately that Amazon's your biggest competitor and they're sucking up about 92% of your, uh, of your um, users. So maybe make your user experience something that people want to go back to, personalize it. Make sure that it has a nurture element to it. If yeah. you have an abandoned cart sequence or after purchase sequence, something. And I'm talking about emails um, to the people. Uh, just because I feel that that's a big missed piece. Especially when you're being uh, pretty self-righteous about not using Amazon. I'm mm -hmm. not doing it. Oh, okay, cool. Does that make you cool? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think it's something you should try. And also, Amazon has uh, a pretty robust advertising platform on it as well that it hasn't fully cooked. So there's opportunities to jump in there. Yeah, but true. April, I think that you're part of the problem because you've been shopping on Amazon so heavily. They asked me to get off the site, like LinkedIn. Mr. Margulies actually asked me to have an intervention with you. <laughs> and that's your husband's father, by the way, too. So that's it got real deep. The quick. deceased father. <laughs> Yeah, he came to me in a vision. I was I playing mean, Oculus as actually watching Elysium on Oculus. And then the mayor from Ghostbusters came back from the dead. Not, he, not had, he actually did play the mayor on Ghostbusters. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. See, yeah. see, 
busting the hype. I I I I, I never knew that. That's a, yeah. a fun a fun fact. Um, fun fact. And also best 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 search. What else did we learn today? Um, we learned that um, turtle taxidermy in Tulsa is a hot hot term. So grab those dead turtles and stuff them up because if you're in Tulsa, business ching. What did <laughs> what did you learn today, April? That I need to go watch Elysium and the other movie I can't remember the name of. Ready Player One, but thank you for retaining that title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're readily available on every streaming platform because both, well, Elysium wasn't that big of a hit, but. By the I way, I finally watched Lula Rich, which was insane. Oh, insane. It was great recommendation. If you want to go one step darker, um, watch The Way Down. Um, oh boy. Which is oh, which is uh, the on um, HBO Max, okay? HBO, just whatever. Um, and uh, it's basically another cult, but this one is based around weight loss. Ooh, yeah. And there's lots of religion, and it's really weird. So it's the way down W E I G H instead of. It's actually W A Y. Really. But the, but the church diet that's in it is. W-E-I-G-H. So I think they couldn't use the name, so they had to change it. Oh, got it. Okay. So yeah, that's definitely something to check out. Um, that's, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. But, you know, true crime stories, you get kind of... I don't know what it is about <laughs> me being doing marketing and then just watching true crime. I don't know if it's the, if it says something about my daily life, um, but... <laughs> it's, just, it's just something. Yeah. Definitely says well, something. We'll, we'll bring your therapist on next time to find out what. Absolutely. Sponsored by BetterHelp and G Zero by Gatorade. Now in this orange color. <laughs> what, All right. <laughs> right. Should we wrap it up? Let's do it. So, guys, gals, and everybody else, thank you so much for joining us on Hype Busters today. Uh, and thanks so much to our guest, Alexandra Marshall, president of SEO.com, uh, for busting through those hype myths. Um, it, was, it was very entertaining and educational. Indeed. All right, folks. Until next ne time. This is, next uh, time. This is, I'm, I'm Chris over here. And, and I, I'm April. And it's just April. She's just such a sweetheart. All right, guys. <laughs> Listen to our podcast, subscribe, like us, do all that stuff, share it with your mother, your father, your friends, whoever. All right. Peace out. Bye.